How's it going, everyone? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks. And uh, this season, I have with me uh, Pete McCall. How's it going, Pete? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? And I want to say hello to all your listeners. Absolutely. I'm doing great. I'm sure they're all doing great, too. Um, all right, Pete, uh, our last topic today, um, changing, what, what changes do you need to make, you know, hitting that 40 year old mark going forties, fifties, sixties, what, what, what kind of mindset, what do you got to expect from your body? What things do you have to tone down to, you know, last 150, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, if I, well, look, I can give, I can give forties from personal experience. As I mentioned, I'm 49 years old. And really, the, the, the biggest advice I can give is pay attention to sleep. This is one area I've been really trying to work on my sleep habits. And I interviewed an expert on sleep for my podcast not long ago. And he made the point of like, look, if you can get to bed an, an hour earlier a night over the course of a week, that's like sleeping an extra full night a week. And, and that's stuck in my head. It's like because as we get older, sleep is when our body repairs itself. Sleep is critical for recovery and that's the detox time. So it really is, as you get a little bit older, pay attention to sleep, eat smarter. You know, you can't get away with with having, with kind of getting away from your diet. Once you get away from your diet for one or two days, you notice it, it really, that's a big thing. You get away from a healthy diet for, for a couple of days and it really affects your body. Uh, so if you travel and your sleep is affected by time zones and, and your nutrition is affected, I mean, it just becomes a challenge. Yeah, um, but that for the forties, it really is paying attention to sleep and other habits like, like nutrition, just stay, stay with the exercise and then getting into our fifties, sixties and seventies, it's, it's being smart about maintaining consistency with high intensity. doesn't mean doing it all the time, but a couple of your workouts should be challenging. And a couple, a couple times a year, you should do challenging phases of workouts just because we need that stress in the body for long-term, for long-term health. And that, that's, that's why I think the big, the big takeaway, and it's not just me, but other people in the field, as we look at this and, and we, we realize that, hey, we're now, people in their 50s or 60s are now much fitter than they used to be. They're also able to exercise at a higher intensity. So whereas 20 years ago, when I first started being a personal trainer, I've not met many 60-year-olds would have been doing HIT, yeah. right? I'm pretty confident that 20 years ago, not many 60-year-olds would have been doing HIT. But now, if I'm an instructor in a gym and I'm teaching a HIT class or an indoor cycling class, that 60-year-old has probably been a member of that same gym for the last number of years, right? If that 60-year-old is relatively fit. So I look at it as people who are fit and have been exercising in their 50s and 60s, and they've been exercising since their 20s or 30s, they can and should be doing, continue to do these HIT workouts. They just need to be mindful about letting their body giving themselves an extra day or two between them, not hit every day, but hit three, maybe four days a week with a day or two off in between each one, because it's that type of stress that helps keep our body young. Yeah. Well, I think uh, most of our listeners uh, on this podcast are close to 40 or over 40. And I'm, I'm assuming they know, you know, what we got away with in our twenties and early thirties, it's not happening now. You know, when one cheat day, it takes three days to, you know, to, to recover from and that you do two or three and there's not enough days in the week to, to, to snap back. So you got to get, no, that, and that's ex- yeah, no, that's exactly it. And then, and the other part that I share this from, and we haven't talked about this yet that your listeners should know is, is I played men's club rugby for a number of years and, and I, and, wow. and being a part of the rugby community, you see there, there's an ethos there that you play until you can't play anymore. So I've played with men in their forties and fifties 
who are playing the same game as men in their 20s. Now I, I go play the occasional old boys, and I'll do over, over 45. I won't play against the 20 or 30-somethings. <laughs> my body can't hang with that anymore because, I mean, we hit and we hit. I mean, you do get hit, and, and you're, a 40-something body reacts differently than a 20-something body. Um, but the reason why, one of the reasons why I say that is I have witnessed firsthand people in their 50s and 60s playing competitive rugby, tackling each other, running down the pitch, not being afraid. It's mindset. Once you get to a certain age, it's understanding that my body will do whatever I ask my body to do, but I have to prepare my body to do that. And that's where training comes in. Training just enhances your body's own natural genetic ability. Training just allows you to exploit that and get the most out of your body that you can. Yeah. What, what do you think about just in general of uh, over 40 or 50 playing like sports? You know, just like you were talking about, it's a little rough on the body. I've had some instances now being over 40 and I pretty much quit playing flag football, just a couple of different injuries. And in my mindset, it's, you know, unless you really, really love it and you just, you know, that's a great part of your exercise program, unless you're getting paid millions of dollars, what's the, what's the point? Well, but that's, that's the thing. I know a lot of guys I played rugby with, they, they're the type of people where they could play pickup basketball, they could play pickup so- they could play pickup sports all day long, mm-hmm. but they couldn't do an hour in the gym. Like doing an hour of weight training would absolutely freak them out. And and I always look at th- those are the athletes, right? They just want to keep moving and moving and moving. So th- th- what question question or what age should we slow down sports? I don't think any age. I think it just maybe change your sport, right? Maybe go if playing flag football is jacking up the knees then maybe look at something like, um, like uh, what's the golf thing? Like ultimate frisbee. Yeah, it's golf. Ultimate frisbee. Yeah, I was thinking frisbee that's golf, that's but like ultimate frisbee, where you're still making, you're still running and making changes of direction, but you're not going to have as much contact or as quick change of direction as flag football. But it's just it's being smart and saying what can my body handle. Um, just a couple months ago, I uh, this woman introduced me to pickleball, and I was never much of a tennis player. But I'm like, okay, pickleball is kind of cool because it's a smaller court. You have the reactivity in it. You have the forward and back of it. So would I, rec- would I recommend starting playing tennis in your 50s if you have bad knees? Not necessarily, but pickleball would be looking at an activity like pickleball or an activity that you can do. And that's really what I think is the big thing is look at what you can do and double down on that as opposed to what might not be possible. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously train, if you're going to train for that sport and, and be mindful of injuries that can happen. And, you know, I've, I've always uh, given uh, some clients who are interested in those kind of things, links to Amazon products, you know, for like knee braces or ankle things. Um, one of them was a really good one uh, for ankles for like football. It was a brace mm-hmm. that went over the shoe, still gave you the mobility, you know, not being locked up like you would on, on the ones where you're in the shoe. Um, but just, you know, do yourself a favor. If you're playing those kind of sports, like, you know, suit up a little bit better than you normally would. It's just no, a hundred percent. I mean, we have technology now. I mean, look at percussion guns, look at compression pants, compression clothing and, and cold baths. And we have this technology that we understand how the body recovers so much better than we did even 10 years ago. And there's some cool research on compression clothing helping you to maintain your performance or helping you recover from hard workouts. So if you're over the age of 45 or 50 and you like getting after it, wear compression pants, look at knee sleeves, look at, I mean, if it gives you just an advantage and and doesn't beat your body up as much, do it, right? I mean, 
percussion guns. I'm a huge fan. I, I you know I use a what's called a nimble per massage gun. Nimble has multiple speeds, but that helps. That's like giving yourself a massage and a two hundred dollar, three hundred dollar percussion gun. That's like three massages at a spa, and it really does make a difference. So that's the other thing too is is when you get a little bit older. You have a little bit more money to spend on yourself, and you should. I mean, you should give yourself. <laughs> if, if, well, no, if your if your fitness is your permission, give yourself permission to. I need a the expensive compression pants. They can help with performance. A, a percussion gun, a massage gun, can help with muscle repair. So why not invest in yourself and, and keep you know look at what again look at what pro athletes are doing, and and if it works for LeBron, if it keeps LeBron on the court at 37, 38 years old. And it keeps Tom on the field at 44 years old. I mean, why you know not, what? Why not copy? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you might not be playing for a contract, but goodness, you why not? We see what it's, what it's capable of doing. Now, whether Tom can hit his receiver's hands is a whole different question. <laughs> but, but he has the ability. I'm not going to take away at all his ability to get out on the field 17 games a year and be competitive in that environment. If we can take something of what he's doing that allows him to do that and apply it on our lives, whether that's sleep, whether that's an avocado smoothie, whatever it might be, then by all means, we should do that. Yeah. Now, I'm a firm believer, too, with all the stuff and advances in te- technology that we have and our understanding of the human body. We don't know anything compared no. to what, you know, it's in the future for us. Like in the next hundred years, is just going to be crazy. You know, well, think about more it, man. things than the body and what we can push ourselves to do. In the 70s, in, I point this out to people, in the 70s, in the 1970s, my lifetime, you're right? I mean, this is 40-something years ago. They were telling athletes not to lift weights in the offseason because the thought was that lifting weights would make professional athletes less athletic. Nolan Ryan was one of the first, um, first athletes who lifted weights, did weight training all year round. And he played until he was 45 years old. So it's now, it's only been since the 1990s when we've really had athletes training all year round. I mean, think about that. I mean, we've grown up with that, right? And we've seen that evolution. In the 1990s, athletes would get done with the season and they'd take a couple months off before they start training again. Or, or that's why we have, that's why you have two days with football camp. That's why you have spring training. But now athletes stay at a high condition all year round. It's allowing them to have longer careers, especially if they pay attention to nutrition and they sleep. And we just, and that's going to extrapolate out and, you know, you might not be a strong safety at 38 years old in the NFL, but you can take the same information used by somebody doing that and apply it to your life at 48 years old and, and enhance your overall performance. That's the cool thing, right? If you understand what the athletes are doing, we should be doing the same things. And we not might not be playing on TV or we might not be playing for the money, <laughs> but at least at least we can take that same mindset, right? If it, and if, if if I'm if I'm hearing that NFL players are sleeping seven or eight hours a night and they're playing better on Sundays, well, guess what I'm trying to do? Yeah, and you know what? Thank God for sports too, because if we if we weren't pushing the human body like we do with these people and they're getting paid to do it, we wouldn't get these discoveries and different training methods. So. You know, no, you're 100 right. That if we didn't have people competing and trying to, you know, if people, if guys weren't trying to get that contract in their 30s or 40s, they wouldn't be training at this high level, and we wouldn't see what the body's capable of. But what we're finding is that if the mind wants to do it, the body can follow. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, Pete, uh, what's what's the best way for some of our listeners uh, to get a hold of you? You got a website, social media. 
No, I live in a cave. I, I, I'm a hermit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, thank you. No, my website is Pete, McC Pete McCall Fitness. I blog um, for myself as well as blogging for clients. And then the podcast is all about fitness. And what I try to do on All About Fitness is, is I've been a fitness educator for a long time, as you heard in the beginning. And I want listeners to understand what they're doing to their body when they exercise. So I try to interview researchers. I try to interview people like myself who, who write the programs. And I really want people to, I try to help people understand how exercise is, is changing the body from the inside out. And more importantly, how we use that to enhance our quality of life. So, um, and then the book is Ageless Intensity. And in Ageless Intensity, I, I write about how high intensity exercise in particular can allow us to live longer and be able to enjoy our life longer. Yeah, and also, just so listeners know, I'm going to try to start doing, uh, my goal is to get my, um, get my skydiving license when I'm in my 50s. So when I have a little bit more time, a little bit more freedom. No, I want to be. I want to. I've always wanted my skydiving to get my skydiving card, so I can start jumping out of planes. And my plan is on doing that in my fifties. Oh, that is awesome! I am deathly afraid of heights, so I will not be joining you on that one. <laughs> um, and uh, all, all my listeners know, I'll put all the uh, the links for Pete in the description for the podcast. You can just click on it, get to his podcast. Uh, definitely check it out and uh, check out his website. Um, Pete, thanks for uh, jumping on the show with us. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much, Brad. And I really appreciate the conversation. I really appreciate the information you're putting out. All we're trying to do is make the make the world a little bit better place one drop of sweat at a time. So appreciate your efforts. Definitely. All right. Thank you. Thank you.